It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. This is the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We have got our man, Jake Ellenbogen. Jake, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm great, man. You know I'm chomping at the bit for this. I feel so bad that I missed last week. I appreciate the hell out of you, and I missed you, man. So I'm glad we're doing this thing. I know. It feels good to be back. You take a break from recording. I think I only got one episode up last week, and I felt bad to all the, all the listeners, but uh, we're back with some episodes this week and start turning it up a little bit. And you're right, man. It's right before, I mean, crunch time. We've been talking like crazy about all this draft stuff for, God, what seems like months now, and we're finally here. And now I'm going to pick your brain a little bit more of, you know, this is kind of like you've had all this time to write the essay and proofread it and and look it over, and now it's almost time to turn everything in. And it's funny, Les Snead even said today that his draft board is about 98 to 99% done, and that there's a little tinkering still to be had uh, as they go over some things last minute, but he feels pretty good about it. But even he isn't ready to turn in his uh, his draft sheet yet to you know enter this draft. So uh, still a couple days left, but right here in prime time. Guys, don't forget to go give Jake a follow on Twitter, at JK Bogan DTR, as well as at Downtown Rams. Check the website, downtownrams.com. They're putting up episodes left and right right now as they've talked to, what did you guys talk to? How, how many prospects did you guys talk to this draft season so far? Oh, so we're finally done. We closed the book and it was it was amazing, uh, but we're definitely, we're, we're almost dead at this point. So um, 121 was the final count. That is awesome. I mean, I think I saw a tweet from you earlier, maybe a week ago, that said last year you did like 50 or so, and now you're at 121. Oh, man, not even. We did like 19. And uh, what was really cool about last year was I was able to get Kamoko Torre not only on the show, but he wanted to do a live show um, draft Eve. So, I mean, that was just, that was special, you know, being able to do that and, you know, having those guys live, but um, which included, uh, somebody that ended up getting drafted by the uh, getting picked up by the Rams, um, and that was the um, Indiana linebacker. That last year, I don't know. I can't really recall last year. I think last year was more me focusing on scouting. To be honest, Brad, um, you know, I I don't feel like I went above and beyond with the interviews like I wanted to because I kind of I went to the you know Senior Bowl. I got my interviews there. And then I was kind of like, wow, I feel really good about this. I got some guys like Ito Smith later on in the process, but it wasn't a big turnout. And I was off to a great start, but I just didn't really follow up on it. I got more, much more scouting done. And so at this point, I wasn't really cramming. I was just kind of done. So now <laughs> you, you fit everything all into one. And I don't know where I would be without Alexis because, I mean, if she wasn't helping me with the interviews, if she wasn't helping book, and I'll say this, I'll give her probably, she did 65% of the interview booking, maybe even more. She was outstanding. 
Um, without her, I, I don't know if this would have been possible because I'm still scrambling. You talk about Les Snead, you know, not, you know, he's tinkering around. That's kind of me right now. And it took me a long time. And actually last year I did probably eight or nine Rams mocks. And this year I did about four or five. So, um, you know, crazy stuff because I, uh, you know, I, I did not expect to, to have this many interviews and Alexis just kind of was like, we, we got it. We got to do this. And, you know, shout out to her. Cause I mean, you know, I don't think this number would be anywhere near as big without her. Well, you killed it. 121. That is crazy coming up from 19 the previous year. I uh, can only imagine how many you're going to crank out uh, next year, especially as the network grows and you got more people uh, scheduling and doing a bunch of interviews. So they're all great. If you guys didn't get a chance, go back and listen to any of the players you want to hear. Cause like you said, 121, you got a bunch of them out there. And I'd actually like to see like when this draft is complete, I almost want to see like a graphic of all the guys you interviewed and what teams they ended up on. That could be a pretty cool graphic to see how the guys that you talked to, how they ended up getting dispersed around the NFL. And hopefully uh, a couple of those guys we really like as far as that number 31 or even, you know, if there's a trade back or even a trade forward um, and potentially getting some of the guys you talk to. So maybe someone lands on the Rams. That'd be a pretty cool connection uh, to have as well. Uh, but, you know, Les Need again, as he had a press conference today and, and he was asked about that whole number 31 pick. And he said, you know, they've discussed all scenarios, you know, whether that's trade back or stay there. Uh, and he kind of went on to say that first and foremost, he has to be prepared to pick at number 31. Uh, so what I thought that we do today is I know you've kind of like you talked about compiling that mock is just go through your mock draft of what you've recently your last kind of submitted mock. And we'll kind of walk through the seven rounds throughout this show and just kind of talk about how you picked what you picked and where. Uh, so I guess with that, you know, we'll go straight to pick number 31. Uh, what do you have the Rams doing? Yeah. So and I actually have a um, I have an idea you know, cause I just pulled up, um, my way too early mock draft that I did right after last draft. And, uh, I'd like to share that after I share the actual mock draft I have that I'm I like finalizing, it. I'm finalizing it on your show before I even publish it in an article. I decided to do that. I think that's the best way to do it. You guys are hearing it for the first time and then I'm publishing it. I'll, I'll give you all the, the reasoning, um, afterwards, but so, you know, we, we talk about, do you stay at 31? Do you trade down? Do you trade up? I don't think you trade up. So you narrow it down to two choices. You either trade down or you, you know, pick at 31. You know, if I'm, can I just say this? I, if the Rams stay at 31, I'm picking Ja'Kai Polite. Mm. That's who I'm picking yeah. from, uh, from Florida, the edge rusher that I know, um, you know, I did a mock draft for Blitzalytics. Shout out to them. They did like a whole video project. And uh, and I actually picked Ja'Kai Polite as the GM of the Rams in it. And, um, you know, I just think you're getting somebody that would be just another level of what they have. Um, you know, maybe you could make the argument Dante Fowler is going to hit his ceiling someday. But, um, you know, I, I'm not really confident Samson Ibukam as an edge guy. I think, you, you know, I've it's well documented on this podcast that I believe, you know, he is in fact an inside backer. So, you know, you, you talk about that, um, you know, Clay Matthews getting older, 
you know, so I, I definitely could see that um, because he's only going to be there for two years. I mean, they're, I don't see them re-signing him after his contract is up. Dante Fowler's not even a given because while he's young, he signed a one-year deal, which right. really I, I think I mentioned it on the show as being kind of how I thought anyway, was kind of like an old school uh, franchise tag uh, because, you know, they, they get the deal done for 14 million. So it's like back in 2012, that would have been like the value for an edge guy, I believe. Um, now it's like 19. So they're like, uh, ain't no way I'm doing that. Um, but you know, it's not guaranteed he comes back after this year, you know, Trayvon young with multiple injury concerns. Um, that's, you know, he's very talented, but at Louisville, he couldn't stay healthy. Um, and then Okoronko with the foot injury, you know, didn't really get an opportunity to play and I'm really excited to see him. So, um, why am I, you know, talking about these guys I like them? And why would I pick Ja'Kai Polite? I think this guy has 15 sack uh, a year uh, type of talent. Um, you know, he can win with a spin move. He can win with a rip. Um, he can win with his speed. You know, this is somebody that, you know, he may have run a four eight or whatever, but I don't really care about a 40 yard time uh, when it comes to an edge guy. I want to see the 10 yard split. This guy is so fast in pads, plays so hard. And um, I'm a huge fan of his game. So if the Rams stay at 31, I'm picking Ja'Kai Polite. But the reason I decided to trade down this mock is because the Seattle Seahawks recently got rid of Frank Clark in a trade uh, to Kansas City, and they got Kansas City's pick. This helps and hurts the Rams in more ways than one. So... First off, I'm looking at it, Brad, is, um, you know, you, you look at, you know, Seattle already had a pick. They're probably, you know, looking at a DB. Um, I think that they might go Justin Lane. I know it seems really early, but Justin Lane fits the mold of a six foot three cornerback, four, four speed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everything that, you know, Schneider's looking for, um, you know, in a DB. So, you know, you have that. And then Seattle trades an edge guy. You know, a, a stud edge guy. It's not that they need to replace him. So I think they, they're taking Jakai. Because, you know, where is the risk now that you have two first-round picks? You know, people talk about, you know, him and his red flags, but I don't mind it at all. I think it's a little overblown. And, um, you know, I, I think Seattle will end up picking him in that spot. So that's why I don't have the Rams staying at 31. Otherwise, I'd be down for it. So I have the Rams trading and I have them trading with the Indianapolis Colts uh, for one. Yes. Ballard likes to trade down. It's how he even got the 34th overall pick that they'll be trading to the Rams in this scenario. Um, but he just likes trading in general. Chris Ballard is one of the best GMs in football and he has turned the Colts around in no time at all. So you just imagine another draft under Chris Ballard. Um, with that being said, you know, Chris Ballard and the Colts, they're going to probably look to trade down in the first round and, you know, maybe just coop up some picks. But if a certain guy falls, you know, somebody like Justin Simmons or somebody like that, or Jack, sorry, Jeffrey Simmons. Right. I would not be shocked if he tries to trade back into the first round, get that fifth year option, a guy that basically is just about a red shirt this year. He'll be able to play, but like later on in the year. Um, you, you know, the fifth year option then is dire in my opinion. So I think somebody like that falls and the Colts are, you know, right in there. Uh, Montez sweat falls Colts are in there. 
um, you know, maybe, you know, the best receiver available, whether it's Nikhil Harry, uh, you know, on their board, um, AJ, uh, Brown, you know, somebody like that. Um, so I do, I, I could see them trading down. And so that's why I chose them as the candidate. I know people were saying that I was all for the Bengals and I do like that, but you know, this way the Rams don't trade down far and they get two picks out of it. So in this one, they get the 135th and the 240th overall. And just to kind of take you through how I did that, I'm not saying it's dead on accurate, but um, it's, you know, with the whole uh, drafttech.com, they have uh, a trade value chart. And I, I know I spoke with you about this already, but um, to you guys that don't know, the Rams 31st overall pick is valued at a 600 uh, price. So 600 points for the Rams 31st overall pick. So the Colts, there is at theirs is at a uh, 560. So if you trade with the Rams, the Colts now have to give up enough to match that 600. So they have 40 left. So how do you get 40? You look in the fourth round, you go down, you see the Indianapolis Colts have a compensatory pick. You give them 135 to the Rams. That leaves about, you know, two left. And then you use one of the points. We won't go crazy here, but use one of the points for a seventh rounder. And that's how you end up with what I got. So you get a seventh, you get a fourth. I think it makes a lot of sense. It's not a far trade down. You're basically relinquishing the rights to a fifth year option on a player that you draft. And that's really all it is later on in the draft. That's why the Patriots trade out every year because that fifth year option is huge, especially if say a team falls in love with another quarterback that falls, say for the, you know, I doubt it would happen, but like say Daniel Jones, for whatever reason, falls to the end of the first. I mean, he, he really isn't a first rounder in my opinion, but I'd just be shocked the way I'm hearing about him. So if he fell to the end of the first, now you're going to have a bunch of teams that are calling like, look, I got to get in on this. I got to get him. Um, you know, I definitely got to get in there top of the first or, you know, back end of the first and get that fifth year option because he's a quarterback and we want to make sure we have him for a long time. Boom. There you go. So that's how that becomes an attractive option. So just to recap, I've got the Rams trading the 31st overall pick to the Colts for number 34 in the second, 135 Mm -hmm. in the fourth round, and 240 in the seventh round. So three picks for one gets us back into the second round as we don't have a second round pick and really only moves us back, what, three picks there? Yeah. Um, And while we're doing that, we pick up a fourth and a seventh. And we talked about this off air a little bit, but uh, I feel like the third, fourth round is what's been almost less needs money rounds in the last few years where he can really wheel and deal, whether he puts together a couple fourths and tries to move up back in to the third or, you know, compiles things, you know, however that chart reads off that we're talking about with the trade values, but it gives him flexibility. And if you want to get players there as well, uh, he can do that and find some of those hidden gems. A lot of the 121 guys that you talk to probably are right in there that, you know, he's got an opportunity to go and snag. So (laughs) I love that first round because I said it yesterday on the podcast that I'm hashtag trade back. You know, that's, that's where I'm at right now. If there's a guy that, you know, they end up getting at 31, I think I'm going to be happy just because how deep this draft is. Uh, But I'm with you on trying to find a team like the Colts that want to come back up and sneak and grab somebody, uh, especially as you talked about maybe Jeffrey Simmons and, you know, with where he is with his injury, you know, getting that fifth year option to kind of stretch that out, make it a little bit more sense. If you're going to pick them, you know, if you're thinking the Colts and you're thinking, Hey, I, I wouldn't mind him at 34, let me jump on into 
31 and take that and get that extra fifth year option that you get with first rounders. Uh, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good uh, sense there. So I like that. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. And I guess that means uh, we'll put you back on the clock in the second round, just three picks later. Uh, we'll pick up from there and we'll, we'll keep this thing cruising along. This is Wednesday edition, Locked On Rams with Jake and Bear. We'll be right back after this. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyra Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Wednesday edition, Locked On Rams. We've got Jake Ellen Bogan from Downtown Rams. We are releasing the mock draft that he has done. He's kind of bringing us back and forth from the way, way, way too early mock draft and also the draft that he's kind of now submitting and ready to run with at this point. So uh, with that trade, it puts you right back on the clock, only three picks later. So a lot of guys still on the board that uh, were there just uh, you know a few moments ago, I would assume. And second round, number 34, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I think you're going to like this uh, mock draft for sure. Um, I'm confident in it. If this is what happens, I mean, I'll, I'll feel great. Second round, we go with Blake Cashman, linebacker from Minnesota. He's my number one uh, linebacker in the, the entire draft. Um, ahead of Devin Bush, ahead of Devin White. So uh, people are going to ask that. And yes, he is ahead of them. Um, I think when you talk about somebody to go sideline to sideline like that, somebody that has that defensive back, um, you know, the the former experience there, I know people will think Alec Ogletree and get a little worried because I actually liked Ogletree. A lot of people didn't. I get that. But Blake Cashman is a total baller, somebody that's a surefire tackler. He's always going to stick his nose where it doesn't belong. That's a good thing for a linebacker um, that does that. But, you know, his ability to kind of just 
he moves all around the field at will. He's a, just a great mover. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, he, he really just is so fluid. He just looks the part of a, a grinding football player. And and to me, you know, he ran a 4-5 um, at the Combine, so he didn't run the 4-4, four, four, you know, whatever that uh, Bush and White ran. Um, so he got a little overlooked, but that was an amazing time. And he just had a great, you know, day at the combine, just looked so fluid in, in his movement. And you could just see the movement skills, but you could also just see the confidence in him. And he believes he's right up there with the best. Um, you know, this is definitely somebody that makes a lot of sense because you have Corey Littleton, who I'm a huge fan of, but he's not a super athlete like Blake Cashman. So now you add Blake Cashman to that defense. You talk about Micah Kaiser last year. Kaiser moves more into, you know, maybe a third down linebacker role or just, you know, situational linebacker, whereas Cashman would start day one. You know, he brings that sideline to sideline ability, that athleticism, the ability to, you know, in his back pedal, um, being a former defensive back, he can jam, uh, you know, receivers at the line of scrimmage. He can cover anybody, really. I mean, he's fast enough. He's quick enough and uh, just so instinctive as a football player and, and very um, heavy on the the football IQ. Yeah, I love this pick because we talked about it, you know, not too long ago and kind of comparing. I mean, obviously, uh, we know I'm a big Michigan guy and, you know, we talked about, you know, Devin Bush and where he's projected to go and some of the hype that he's gotten coming out of, um, you know, all these combines and everything like that. But, you know, going side by side in the Big Ten next to Blake Cashman, I mean, they just if you did, if you took away the names on the top and you saw stats, uh, you know, Blake blows them away. I mean, you, the big name, once you put the names up there, you're like, oh, really? And the big time games in, in the Big Ten, uh, Blake seemed to just have great big games. And, and tackle wise, I think he out tackled them. I think it was a, the one that I did maybe two weeks ago when we talked about it, it took about eight games. But he blew them out by like 40, 40 tackles, about 10 tackles for loss. So I love what you're talking about here as far as that sideline to sideline tackle monster. Very uh, consistent in what he does and kind of an instant starter if you're looking at that outside linebacker. So uh, fills a lot of needs and also, uh, you know, with speed can hopefully come off that edge if we're, you know, if Wade decides to use him in any blitz packages. Uh, so I like that pick at 34. And, you know, that's a guy that even you almost feel good at 31 getting, but now instead you've moved back three spots, pick that up and also picked up a fourth and a seventh. So again, another reason why I love trading back. If you can find the right partner in that second round uh, to make really, it makes sense to get the guy you still want, uh, but also pick up stuff uh, really tends to work out in, in the Rams favor. And I hope that's something less than can kind of take in. So uh, we'll keep it moving along. We'll go to the uh, third round number 94 and if I skip over any picks, let me know. I've got I've got this written down, but it's all over with some trades now. So third round, number 94, uh, who you got? Yeah, so, um, and just to add to that, uh, you know, I interviewed Cashman. He's just an incredible guy. I think you've probably heard the interview. Yeah. And, um, he, you know, he met with the Rams at the Combine. So all these guys that I bring up have something you know, some connection to the Rams, but this next guy has a big connection to the Rams. It's Colin Saunders uh, from Western Illinois, a defensive lineman. If you've never seen any defensive lineman do a backflip before, uh, well, I have, uh, it was Colin Saunders <laughs> at the senior bowl, <laughs> but uh, no, you know, it, he is just unreal. I, I want to bring this up because first off, you know, he came on our show twice. Uh, so I've had a chance to get to know him a little bit and, um, 
you know, he's had he has internal connections with the Rams. They know his uh, his coaching staff. Um, you know, they they you know, there's just mutual connections there. And they mentioned that during his visits. But that's the thing. Before even mentioning his game, he's visited with the Rams at the Senior Bowl. He's met with them at the Combine. He probably met with them at the Pro Day. I, I didn't ask him because at the time, Pro Day was not on my mind. It was the Senior Bowl, and it was right before the Combine. But he also had a private visit with them. That's some serious interest there. That's some serious interest for a player that would fit really well um, in a rotation with Brockers, Donald, and Franklin Myers. Um, it gets better though. You know, this is, this is somebody that is really just going to dominate. Um, you know, the question with these guys, small school, I, I think really the only question here is if he's actually going to fall here cause he's awesome, but, right. um, small school guy, you know, from Western Illinois. And that's really what I'm banking on. He falls in the Rams lap because everyone's like, Oh, Western Illinois. I could just, you know, draft Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame or, uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence. Cause you know, he played at Clemson, but you know, I'm really big on Colin Saunders for one, because unlike, you know, Dexter Lawrence and guys like that, that played with other really talented guys next to them. You talk about Dexter Lawrence playing next to Austin Bryant, uh, Xavier Thomas, and that's not even including the two guys that are going to go in the first round, Clellan Farrell, and of course, um, you know, Christian Wilkins. So, you know, it was really just Colin Saunders versus the world, and that's what it looks like you know, on tape. Um, he just stands out immediately. He's throwing guys left and right. Um, he sacked Will Greer to start the senior bowl, broke through like a madman. Um, he's got everything to him, really. I mean, he may not be the fastest guy in the world, but he's so quick. His get off is unreal. The, the, look, the league is moving in a different direction with interior line. Now you want guys that are more so um, going to crash, right? You know, crash the boards is what I like to call it. You want to, you know, break up that, um, that pocket. And that's really Aaron Donald kind of started this movement to like another level. Um, but I think Colin Saunders is kind of just going to add to that. Um, Saunders here, uh, you know, interesting thing about him. He's a former running back. So think that's about crazy. that. So he, he's, yeah, he's an interior defensive lineman that sees things from both sides because he was a running back and he was good at it too. And he used to, you know, he knows blocking schemes from a running back's perspective, and he knows it from a defensive line perspective. And he believes, you know, we spoke with him on the podcast. He absolutely believes in his ability because he was a running back. He believes it gives him an edge as a defensive lineman of where, knowing what the running back's going to do, the anticipation where he's going to go. So I think that's also a rare thing. Um, this is somebody that caught a touchdown pass. I mean, he is just, he's an athlete, man. You know, he didn't run some freakish 40. Um, he ran in the, the fives, but I, I don't really care. You know, he's very quick. Um, obviously, the dude can do a backflip. He's great at rushing the passers, always really good at getting his leverage, um, can win with power, uh, can win with quickness. So you're getting a guy immediately who can really start. I, I think him and, and John Franklin Myers would rotate, but you, you really just can put him anywhere on that defensive line. And I'll be honest with you, man, at three, even at 300 pounds doing a backflip and all that, the thing that crazy, like, you know, freaks me out the most, he had stand up edge rushing snaps and every single one was much watched. You know, it was right. like, <laughs> it's just, he's, he's a freak, you know? And and he's an amazing guy. So you get a, a you know a plus character. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And you talk about you know a, a character guy, and 
also hearing just watching his personality in interviews and when you guys chat with him and even kind of uh, watching him on Twitter, he's just a fun, uh, fun guy, really. And you talk about fitting into a locker room. You can see that gelling very easily as far as the easygoing type of character. And then he's just a football player. I mean, he talked about being able to be a running back and now he's this big monster D line that's got some quickness in his feet. He's just a football player. And those type of guys that you want to plug in, uh, we need help and stuff in the run. He's a big body up front and not only just a big body, he can also get to the quarterback. And you talked about that, knowing the running backs mindset, knowing where the blockers are going to go, things like that. A guy can do a backflip. I mean, he's athletic as hell. So I, I love this pick. I think you said at the very beginning, the only thing that scares me about this pick is I just hope he's there at 94 because obviously we can't be the only ones that see this. Uh, but a lot of the mocks that I'm seeing is him kind of going in this late, late second round, third round, you know, type of thing. If someone's going to go reach on him because they really like him. So I'm just kind of hoping that he's still there because he seems like a perfect fit character wise, personality wise and skill wise on this team. So uh, I really do like that pick and, and hope that works out. Uh, how about we do a quick flashback to your uh pre-early mock draft we'll do that really quick then we'll take a break where did you have uh the rams at number 94 when you did the way 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 too early mock draft yeah so uh the first pick was actually montez sweat which is actually wow can you imagine if i got that right right (laughs) i have montez sweat in the first round um and then the, the third uh the first third round pick was uh khalil hodge who uh, look, I love Khalil. Um, you know, he was one of my first interviews this year uh, in the process. And, you know, I think he's he's a stud. Um, the problem is he didn't test well. So he's probably going to be a later round pick. And uh, at the time I did this, he was around a third, fourth round uh, grade. So, you know, I have a higher grade on him than the consensus. It, it, would I be surprised if the Rams, you know, decided to make him the pick? I mean, absolutely I would not. I would not be surprised. But we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't think he'll go that high. I don't think he really should go that high just because, you know, he didn't test well. And, and that was a concern. Um, I think he, he might have put on too much weight. And uh, and he because of it, he wasn't able to play um, to his strengths at the uh, East-West Shrine game. So um, Khalil Hodge and then the 99th pick. Actually, let's what we're going to do is we're going to I'm going to hold on to that 99th pick. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to get back on the other side because I want to keep those picks together, your, your present and your past. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. We'll get a couple words from sponsors. We'll be back Wednesday edition. Jake and Bear, Locked on Rams right after this. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment. I have got Jake Ellenbogen with us from downtown Rams. We are running through the mock draft as we are talking. Uh, This thing is going to be a two-day affair. I mean, we are now here sitting at the third pick, or sorry, the third round, 99th pick. So we've got a couple days of breaking this down. So we're going to wrap up uh, probably third, maybe a little bit into the fourth round, and we'll pick this up tomorrow on Lockdown Rams Thursday. Uh, and continue the rest of this. But we've got Jake Ellenbogen. Make sure to go give him a follow at JK Bogan DTR. Uh, you can find all of our shows on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can check out all the Locked On podcasts on the new streaming app Himalaya. Go check that out. Download it. It's now my new favorite streaming app. 
uh, to check out all the podcasts. So make sure to give that uh, a follow and a listen to as well. And Jake, uh, I cut you off in the last segment, but I'm going to let you start running again. We are now on third round pick number 99. Yeah. So with this one, it was uh, it was a little difficult to do because there's so many guys at this point. And I think really I narrowed it down uh, once I picked Blake Cashman because I, I think you would agree with me. The Rams love linebackers in this class. They've met with so many of them. And I think really the hardest part was kind of finding that linebacker they'd pick. Since I already sold on, I'm, I'm absolutely sold on Cashman for the record. Um, I mean, I think he might be my favorite player in the draft. I think he's right up there with Dalton Reisner um, and Colin Saunders. So, you know, I to me, once you get the linebacker off the board, then you're looking at, you, you know, now – corner safety and they met with a ton of safety so you know we'll, we'll definitely you know talk about that um but this one this pick i decided to go with nate davis from charlotte um he is a guard he actually played tackle in college um i really like nate davis i he's my second rated guard on my board and you know he might be a little too high for some I, i'm i get a little high on these guys um, you know, cause I, I look at things from a different perspective. I like really diving into the small school guys. Um, I don't think people give small school guys enough film watch most of the time. And a lot of the time it's because it's a lot of it's not out there. You know, if, if there's no cutups or anything, some people won't watch things. And really what you got to do is, uh, you know, if there's not a cut up on a player go like, for instance, offensive line, say you want to watch Nate Davis, go find a Charlotte game. Or if you want to watch, um, you know, an offensive lineman on Clemson, just pull up, you know, cutups of, uh, you know, say Travis Etienne or, or like whoever right. um, on that. You got to you know get creative. I mean? So exactly. Like just cause they didn't highlight the guy doesn't mean you can't see the guy, you know, it, that's the thing that, you know, people run into is like, Oh, well the, the cutups, I mean, yeah, no, cutups are amazing, right? But it's just common sense. Like, say, oh, there's there's no cutups out there. You know, you know, say this guy, uh, Bruce Anderson from North Dakota State. Well, there's cutups of Easton Stick from North Dakota State. Just watch Easton Stick's cutups and watch <laughs> Bruce Anderson. You know, just what I mean? shift so, your eyes, man. <laughs> shift like, your eyes. Yeah. No, but uh, Nate Davis is just a monster. I mean, he really. He really is. And and he can play tackle. I prefer him at guard. Um, his IQ, I think, is off the charts. He's a run mauler. So why would the Rams go this route? Well, for first off, uh, Roger Saffold is not coming back. Yep. Um, you know, he moved on to the Tennessee Titans. And so the Rams are now looking at Joseph Nopum, who I absolutely love, by the way, and in uh, Austin Blythe and Jamil Demby and Brian Allen. You know, that's their interior uh, option right now. Those are their interior options. So how I see it is the Rams are going to draft a guard or, or they're going to draft a tackle. But I, I think they're going to draft a guard early and they're going to draft one and kick uh, Austin Blythe in at center. That's where he started. So they're going to kick him at in at center and they're going to have, uh, you know, in this scenario, Nate Davis plays guard and so does no boom and now you have nate davis isn't like the best tackle but now you have a guy that can play tackle and no boom who is a tackle so 
you know, eventually when this starts, you know, like say for instance, um, you know, Whitworth does end up retiring. I mean, he's going to need a new contract if he wants right. to play for the Rams, but um, he, you know, he ends up retiring and boom, no boom goes right in at left tackle. And there you go. Like, it's not an issue because now you have Brian Allen, who you probably are going to cross train at guard and center. You can move Blythe back and you have Nate Davis. And of course you have Rob Havenstein for the long run. So it's really a nice setup to do that. It's really, it, it, it decreases uh, the damage it control. You know, I think that's really right. the best option. Um, had Nate on the podcast really early on in the process, and he's just a, a really good dude. And we're really excited um, to see him, obviously, at the next level. And I think he makes a lot of sense for the Rams. But I haven't even mentioned the Rams had him in for a private visit. So they're definitely interested. He's a senior bowl guy. So check that box off. So was Colin Saunders. Talk about senior bowl guys. Les Need loves senior bowl guys. So mm-hmm. keep those guys in your back pocket. Um, Nate Davis at 99. So then moving on. So I, I, I want to make a couple of notes there because I, I did like, I mean, how you kind of broke it down on how things can move around because that's one of the things that, uh, you hear the Rams (laughs) talked a lot about in the off season is the flexibility of those O line. And if you watch behind the grind, they talk about it in one of the first couple episodes is, you know, we want to cross train those guys. So if something happens, we can slide over and not have to freak out. Also, the depth there. We've been extremely fortunate with injuries over the past couple of years on the O-line. And you almost said, you know, with, you know, knock on wood, but you feel like that's going to run out at some point. Injuries happen in football, especially those big beef guys up front that are, you know, hitting each other constantly all game. Uh, You're going to get an ankle tweaked or, uh, you know, we saw Sullivan deal with a groin injury for a while that he kind of fought through. But injuries are going to happen. So to have some guys that you feel good with, uh, to bring in, whether that's at tackle or guard or even Blythe being able to play center as well. I mean, that helps so much uh, as far as the depth of an O-line. So the Rams really lean on that. And you talked about being a you know a run pounder and being able to get up the field and block. I mean, that's really important uh, to Todd Gurley as well in, in the play-action game and Jared Goff. So all this kind of comes full circle and making sense as far as getting a guy like that can, that can play multiple positions. Uh, that can back some guys up. So uh, I love that pick. And at 99, who did you have uh, originally? Yeah, so I actually ended up, um, it's funny, I I met, I ended up interviewing Hodge, and then I decided I was going to add uh, Tyree Jackson to the mix. Because uh, at the time, Rams had Sean Mannion, Brian Allen, and, or Brandon Allen, sorry. And they have Brandon Allen, Brian Allen. Um, so they had those guys and they didn't have like a guy to develop, you know? So I felt like Tyree was perfect. You know, this is my fourth overall quarterback this year, um, coming into the draft, uh, you know, the 2019 draft right after the 2018, he was my QB one, um, things, you know, went kind of South obviously. Cause I mean, he's a very Josh Allen, like quarterback, giant arm, super, uh, athletic, um, but you, you obviously worry about his decision and, uh, you know, his overall accuracy, um, you don't worry about his ability to throw off platform, but at the time he's my QB one. Why did I have him at, you know, in the third round? Well, I saw that everyone else was kind of talking about him as a third round pick. There's no way he'd go in the first round. It kind of is mind boggling to me because Josh Allen went in the first round and I feel like there's so much of the same player. Right, so it's like, right. what am I missing? <laughs> Like, you know, I don't see Josh Allen 
last year, I just don't see how how far ahead he is of Tyree Jackson, especially in this quarterback class where, you know, I have Kyler Murray and Haskins, right? Then I have Brett Ripien, who is Mark Ripien's uh, nephew who played for the Rams. And then I have Tyree Jackson. And then I have, I believe, Willa Greer at five. So, you know, really how I look at it is kind of like, you know, it's like, Josh Allen, you know, everyone talked about his crazy arm. I mean, Tyreek Jackson might have a better arm. What am I missing here? <laughs> you know, it's like he might. I mean, if Daniel Jones can go in the first round, and I, I've seen him in person being at the Senior Bowl, I don't see how Tyreek can't go in the first round. So, I mean, maybe there's going to be some crazy draft thing, but it doesn't seem that way. So, yeah, I, I actually, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I know we've obviously we've moved on at backup quarterback and we're, we're pretty set there. But at the same time, it's a one year deal. So if you're still looking, if yeah. a guy falls at that position and you're going, man, you know, we had him higher up on the board and he's still sitting here again, right in our face. And, you know, thinking about long term, uh, carrying three quarterbacks, not something that we've done very often, but uh, to develop a guy to kind of look towards that future backup slash who knows what? I don't even want to open that door right now. Obviously, we just picked up Jared Goss' fifth-year option, but uh, you know, <laughs> I I, uh, I don't hate that. And you know, obviously, I think there are a lot of people that would maybe go, "Ah, oh, we don't need a quarterback or a quarterback that high." But you know, if he's there, I, I've been a big fan of him as well. And I kind of agree with you on the comp there with Josh, Josh Allen as far as size, uh, what he can do outside of the pocket, and also arm strength. So. Uh, a lot comes together, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't hate you for that pick. I'll tell you right now. I think it, uh, although things have shifted, but that's what I love. And I'm glad you kind of brought that up to go back and forth from what you have now and what you had at the very beginning, because it's just crazy to see what happens over those, you know, a couple of months over those few months and, and how the picks really do shift. So, or how the value kind of stayed the same. Yeah. You know, you're right. You talk about it. Montez Sweat first rounder that that wasn't changing, but the fact that, I had him going to the Rams at 32 last year. And of course they, you know, they're picking 31, but I mean, that's kind of the same thing. So 32 last year, 31, um, he could potentially fall. And then, you know, obviously Khalil Hodge will go later on, but Tyree Jackson, that's probably where he's going to go third round. And, you know, probably in the, the, um, the, you know, the compensatory um, pick, you know, spot, because that's, that's when guys will, you know, teams will take that opportunity, you know, oh, well, I have multiple thirds and I love this guy. So, I mean, I, you know, what's really weird is I can actually kind of picture the Rams taking Tyree Jackson, but he would have to fall. And I mean, if he falls, it's kind of a no brainer. It's one of those things, Brad, where you, you have your, you, you build your blueprint, right. And you're watching, you're like, you know, just cause that guy wasn't on my you know plan doesn't mean I don't love this pick. You know, if it were to happen, I would be ecstatic because I, while Tyree graded out as my fourth quarterback, he's probably my favorite quarterback in this draft. He's my, my, my favorite. Like I got to meet him and, you know, the Rams had interest in him. You know, he did say he spoke with him a couple times. So, um, you know, just he, he's a big dude. I saw that picture of you guys together. I mean, he's he's a big dude. But he's easy to root for. You know, you, you talk with him for just two minutes and you're like, all right, this guy's legit. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that, you know, way too early mock pick. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> I thought of doing this way too early because I did a 2018 and I don't remember 
anything I put on that. <laughs> well, I like it. I like going back and forth and, you know, that basically ra- uh, kind of wraps up the third round for us. And what we're going to do, cause we're about 45 minutes or so into this episode. Uh, as we mentioned, kind of the start of this episode or start of this segment is that we're going to kind of break this into two episodes. So tomorrow we'll pick this back up. Uh, we'll jump into the fourth round. What we have left is we've got uh, fourth round, number 133, followed by the pick that you picked up uh, in the trade in the first round, fourth round, 135. We've got a fifth round, 169. We've also got sixth round, 203. And we've got two seventh rounds, uh, 251, which was ours, and then another one that you picked up, 240 in that trade. So we'll pick that up tomorrow. We'll finish the mock draft. We got Jake Ellenbogen, Bear Motter. Guys, make sure to go give us a follow at Lockdown Rams at LA underscore Rambling Bear, at Downtown Rams, at JK Bogan DTR. You can find us all over the place. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're excited about this draft, and we'll keep talking about this tomorrow. Uh, so with that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.